Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned the word crazy. It's been so many highs and lows, roller coasters, unpredictable. And, you know, starting with that two-week stretch in Indian Wells, you know, he loves that tournament. It's in his backyard. He grew up in San Diego, and he, you know, he used to come and watch that tournament as a kid. And, you know, going through the first couple rounds, you know, he was able to squeak through two matches back-to-back, seven, six, and a third. Um, wow. Against yeah. two, yeah, two tough players. Um, one of them, Munar. Um, and then another match that he played was really tight with uh, Demonauer as well. And then getting into that semifinal, playing Andre Rublev. Um, obviously, we knew it was going to be an extremely tough match. Uh, Andre comes with so much firepower. And Taylor's up a set and. At four all, I think it was in the second, um, kind of sprains his ankle a little bit, but manages. I remember seeing that. Yeah, yeah I saw that. and manages the hold serve, but like you could see in Andre's service game the next game, like Taylor was really kind of feeling it and struggling to move. Somehow finds a way to get match point and by chance gets a second serve and just goes for it and goes for a backhand line and like hits it perfectly on the line and wins the match, which was like. Wow, you know, I mean, obviously stepped yeah. up and took the chance and got uh, full reward for that. And we didn't know how he would respond the next day or how bad was it. You know, we didn't think it was that bad. And the next morning when we went to practice, warm up on center court, because, you know, we're trying to get ready to play right. on center court against Rafa, you know, Taylor feels the ankle and, you know, he can be a little dramatic sometimes, and you know he he goes basically down on the ground, and he's like, "I can't move." And the fact that we're on center court, and you know a lot of the media was there right. early for the women's final, you know they kind of picked up on that, and right. I started getting all these text messages from you know some of my my friends who are you know in media saying like, "What's going on? Is Taylor okay? He's going to be able to play?" And this is like all these things going through my head. I'm like, I didn't answer because obviously I have to figure out what's going on. So fortunately, um, ATP physios really helped out, um, and the docs of the tournament, um, he was able to basically get a anti-inflammatory injection, uh, perfectly legal, um, and he was able to, to play. I mean, we probably did the most intense warm-up ever before a match because, you know, his whole team around him was saying, look, if you're in this much pain, you shouldn't play. You know, given I we get it, it's the finals of a Masters, it's the biggest match right. of your life at this point. But we don't want you to make your injury worse to the fact that you might not be able to play tennis again, or who knows. And you know, Taylor's typical. Taylor's like, no, no, I can play, I can play. And so we literally in the warm up, I I just stood in the corner and moved him side to side for like twenty minutes. How like tight were you in that on. moment? Were you tight? No, I, I mean I wasn't tight because I was like, look, if like you're gonna, I mean Rafa's gonna make you move yeah. anyway. So it's like. If you can do what we're doing now in this warm-up, then we'll sort of give you the green light to mm. at least go play because, I mean, I'm literally running you like crazy side to side, throwing in drop shots and, you know, way more intense than we would ever so have this, any was this like immediately after the injection that he could move that way? Or? This is about yeah. like 30 minutes. So part of, Taylor, part of Taylor's preparation is he likes to warm up two hours before a match. Okay. So, I mean, really far in advance. So at least... We had a little bit of time on our side in that aspect, um, but I mean the, the the time went by really fast when 
right. you know what I mean? You're on the ground, then you got to meet with the physio, you got to meet with the doctor, right. you got to get an injection, and then have the warm-up. So, he, yeah, we basically warmed up, did all that right before he stepped on court. And then, you know, multiply that by the fact that, you know, Rafa was already nursing the rib right. injury, and we right. didn't know if he was going to play. So they were like, I mean, it was crazy. I, I felt for Tommy Haas. I could have was the tournament. <laughs> right, Because, right. you know, I'm sure he was sweating right. bullets on the right. sideline, you know, getting, are we going to have a final? You know, how's the level going to be? But... I mean, fortunately, Taylor played really well, and then was able to, you know, take out Rafa, who hadn't lost a match the whole year at that point, and you know, win his first and Masters title. I know it's amazing. Yeah. And going back to the semifinal, where you said you saw him hurt his ankle, how how was your reaction? Were you, cons- I mean, obviously concerned, but you were nervous about what actually he could have done to himself, or? Yeah, I mean. Taylor's hypermobile, which is which is a good thing because mm-hmm. he's very flexible in his ligaments and his joints. But at the same time, you know, he's prone to get these type of injuries a lot. So I just – we didn't know. I mean, with Wolf, the physio, and then and Paul, um, we just didn't know how, you know, how strong the injury was and how invasive it would be and, mm-hmm. if, you know, what his recovery would be. I mean t- – Taylor's one of the best competitors I've seen, so I knew he was going to want to step on court regardless. But you just don't want to make it worse. And then when you're injured like that, does it change your your strategy going into the final at all? Because I felt like he was a lot more aggressive. Was that a part of the strategy? Because you don't want to have to move that much, I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was twofold. I mean, one, yes, because he's a little bit injured, you know, he's got to take more risk and go for it. And then also the fact that he knows playing Rafa, I mean, if he gets involved in these long baseline right. rallies, Rafa's just going to dictate all those rallies. So he knew he was going to have to serve big. And basically every time he got a forehand, just, you know, take advantage of it mm-hmm. and go for it and try to keep the point short, and uh, which he did. I mean, it, yeah, it was phenomenal. And a lot of times you can learn from injuries, right? And obviously he's had a f- phenomenal year after that stage. Had, do you, did you feel like it helped him learn something about his game going forward for the rest of the year? <laughs> I, th- I think it helped him confidence-wise. Yeah. Um, as we'd, I mean, we had a few more injuries, unfortunately. Um, missed most of the clay court season with a um, stress reaction in his foot, okay. his left foot. So. Didn't play Madrid, didn't play uh, Rome. Um, very little preparation for the French Open where he, you know, he didn't play very well. Um, so it was a little bit challenging. But, you know, from a confidence standpoint, of course, mm-hmm. I mean, winning a, a Masters title and beating Rafa, I mean, it just basically um, solidified his belief that he can be one of the top players in the world. He, se- he seems to recover from injuries pretty well. I mean, even – I mean, obviously you have a great team around you, but does he tend to – spring back pretty quickly from he these, does he yeah. does yeah like you said he, he's got a great team he's got a great physio wolf does an excellent job and and the fact that he is so elastic i think that kind of helps mm-hmm. him bounce back from the injuries pretty quick yeah and then fast forwarding obviously a little bit to now i want to go to seoul or obviously won the title in tokyo but the week before seoul had to end up unable to play because he got covid had to quarantine and just Obviously, we talked about the craziness, but the craziness of having to go through that because it's still pretty strict over there, is what I'm is my if impression. It, yeah, very strict. I mean, it was basically a week before they relaxed the COVID requirements, so um, you know, mask requ- requirements everywhere, um, inside, outside was a little more relaxed. But 
Um, upon arrival, you had to get a PCR test, and if you tested positive, then there was a seven-day mandatory quarantine, which you could do in your hotel room. So, you know, I met Taylor there. We flew from Houston about 22 hours, and then Taylor flew. Taylor's girlfriend and and Wolf the physio f- flew from Labor Cup from London, also about 16 hours. We practiced that day. We arrived. Everything was fine. Um, the next day, he practiced with Rude. Great practice. But he said he felt his throat was a little itchy. Mm-hmm. Got tested that night. And sure enough, the next morning, positive. Mm-hmm. Seven days in the hotel. He actually had symptoms. Had a fever for two days. Okay. Um, fortunately, the, the Seoul tournament was very nice. They provided a, like a stationary bike in his room. But he didn't leave the room for seven days. So we devised, you know, once he felt better after like three days, some like one-hour workouts he would do, swinging the mm-hmm. racket, some footwork stuff, 20 minutes of biking. and uh, Was that the first time quarantining that he, he had to well, quarantine? I mean, he did, he did the quarantine in Australia, in Australia of course, that they yeah. had to do. Yeah. But first time because of a, a COVID yeah. positive result. Yeah. And, I mean, it just got really lucky. I mean, fortunately... Tokyo had Wednesday starts. Mm. They were able to give Taylor a Wednesday night start. We found a flight that left Wednesday morning, oh my a goodness. direct flight that got into the airport in Tokyo. And so he flew that day that he played? I flew the day before just so I could logistically mm. make sure everything's mm. prepared. So like take his rackets, the practice, mm. the warm-ups, everything. Um, he flew in that morning. Flew in a Haneda, which is a little bit closer. Um, and then we practiced for 45 minutes, and I mean, he was he was funny because he was hitting the ball really well in practice. He turns to me, he's like, "You didn't think I was going to be able to hit this well, did you?" I'm like, <laughs> and he's you know he's pretty confident. I was yeah. like, "Yeah, I didn't think you'd hit it this well. Yeah. This is pretty impressive." <laughs> um, so I mean, my concern was just the cardio aspect, and then also the injury. Yeah, you know, risk. You know, when right. you've been in a hotel room right. for seven days, it's not like he's running around side to side for right. hours. Um, but, you know, he played really well. And it's tricky. It, it's, you know, Tokyo was really fast, the court. So you, your reactions have to be quick and on par. And, you know, each match he got a little better each time. And, um, you know, he played Denis Shabavalov in the semis. And it was a really close match. Uh, he was up a set and a break, lost the second, down a break in the third, came back and won the match. And then and by beating Dennis. He was able to break into the top ten. Yeah, congr- yeah, that's awesome. For the awesome. first time, Congrats. so it just yeah. yeah, it was amazing. So just yeah. the whole story of just quarantining for seven yeah. days, going to Tokyo, not only winning your first match, but then getting to the finals, breaking into the top ten through the whole story, and then you know in the finals he played Francis Tiafo, uh, Tiafo, who's you know one of our good friends, one of Taylor's good friends, and it was probably the, one of the best matches I've seen Taylor play all year. Well, how so? And he was just so relaxed. I think kind of getting that, you know, off his back, like to the, you know, the monkey off the back, because he's been thinking about trying to break into the top 10 for so long, and then finally doing it, he just relaxed. So he served great, um, really went out there and, and played aggressive tennis, you know, no matter what the situation, and um, ended up winning in two tiebreakers. And, you know, Francis came in winning like 14 or 15 tiebreakers in a row, and and Taylor just played phenomenal tiebreakers. Yeah, Taylor said something interesting after that tournament because he was he was asked about having to quarantine, and his comment was, "I didn't necessarily feel that much pressure because those expectations were sort of off his shoulders because 
he didn't he hadn't been able to prepare the way he wanted to, but he handled it so well. Um, do you think that was part of part of that relaxation that that he was able to have during yeah, that week? I mean, I know you said there were moments that you know maybe he wasn't as relaxed, but no, for sure. I mean. I mean, Taylor puts a lot of expectation and pressure on himself. You know, he, he expects a lot of his game and his competitiveness. So I think the fact that he did have to be in the hotel for so many days, you know, and he, he wanted to kind of prove to everyone, you know, I can actually do this. You know, not just show up and play, but I can actually show up and win. And, you know, the fact that he was playing James Duckworth, someone he lost to, you know, a year ago, um, in Toronto in the Master Series, it kind of gave him a little extra motivation as well. Yeah, and then also breaking that top 10. I want to talk about that a little bit. I mean, that's huge. What was his feeling after that? Because it's such a good feeling to finally have that moment no, for both of you. Yeah, really. no, I mean, he was so elated. That's what I'm saying. You could just see, like, he was so much more relaxed. Because for so, I mean, we actually changed the goal at one point because he was so obsessed with trying to make top right, ten yeah. and so worried about every single point or every single point that somebody else was trying to attain that we changed and said, "Look, you need to change it to top five mentality." And this sounds—it sounds, it sounds so, so yeah. yeah, it sounds very simplistic. But the thing was, because he was so obsessed with making top ten, he wasn't able to focus, you know, in, in pressure moments and in matches. We said, "Look, okay, top ten's great. It, it will happen. It's not a question of." If it's going to happen, it's just a question of when it will happen. But it will happen. You will get top ten. But we need to change it to a top five mentality so you can move the needle along a little more and change your mentality. So could you see something switch in him when you said that, when you, uh, when you changed that goal? I mean, we started doing that after Wimbledon. and oh, okay. I'm, it was going pretty well. It's just, you know, we've been dealing with a lot of injuries. So we didn't have the preparation before, like, Washington, D.C. and the, the whole U.S. hardcore summer circuit that we all wanted. Um, but you could tell he was playing a little more relaxed and wasn't so obsessed with mm. trying to get the top ten hurdle. Yeah. I want to talk about you a little bit because as a coach, I don't think – people realize in general how invested um, you are week in and week out and how much time do you feel do you take for yourself to to give yourself a break because that's important yeah. as a coach right because um, you're so invested in your player yeah I mean it's kind of my personality I'm a little obsessive compulsive <laughs> so um I mean fortunately my my wife travels with me yeah that's which, nice which makes it amazing Is so she here? yeah she's okay. here yeah I haven't seen her okay. yeah okay. um so I'm fortunate that even though I'm a workaholic, that we get to experience everything together. Yeah. So in these cities, we try to see a little more things, especially compared to when I used to play. Right. We didn't see anything. Yeah. Um, but we try to get out a little bit and go to dinner and see some of the sights, and which makes it a little more normal. But I I spend a lot of time like watching video of you know his opponents and watching video of Taylor it's a lot, I know. and yeah, yeah and then all the logistical stuff as you know all the details behind yeah. the scenes you've done an amazing job thank mike you, seriously thank congrats you. to you and you. taylor and we hope to see you in the top 5 soon thank you hope so too yeah thanks mike <laughs> thanks joe